Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where when an 18-year-old girl comes out to her parents as a trans woman, they immediately kick her out of their house and proceed to try and destroy her life. Thankfully, her sister-in-law, OP in this story, has other ideas and ends up forcing the parents to sell their house. But quickly, guys, before we get into it, I've got something new to tell you. You see this on screen? That's one of you lot watching right now. That is actually the top comment, the funniest comment from my last video. In future now, on my YouTube videos, I'm going to be chucking up the top comment from my previous one. So look, if you want to get involved, comment down below. Try and feature in a video just like this user right here. Comment down below. Say something funny. Make me laugh. I'll put you in the next vid. They kicked out my sister-in-law when she came out. So I forced them to sell the same house. My sister-in-law came out as a trans woman when she was 18. My wonderful in-laws kicked her out of the house then and there. They told her to leave the house and threw her out at 8 p.m. with no money or even any documents. And her father took the car keys from her too. She had to walk eight miles to get to our place. She was crying and we took her in. This is horrible behavior, but my husband and I would have just cut them off if it was all they did but they doubled down. They refused to hand over any of the documents and my brother-in-law had to go over and barge into the house to get them. They also cleaned up all the money in a joint account. She had saved up 8K working part-time all through high school. They took her money and also sold her car, which was in their name. They were trying to ruin her life as much as they could. My father-in-law is a small-time businessman and his biggest accounts were supplying my employer. I'd helped him get that contract and it was very lucrative for him. My employer was a family business and they treated long-term employees more like family than as employees. So I was talking to my boss about what had happened. He told me that if I could find someone within 5% range of the price my father-in-law offered, they would make the switch. My father-in-law offered us really great rates and he was very good at his job, but he'd screwed up the contract Even though we always brought for him, we weren't obligated to buy from him, which meant that we could switch suppliers at any time. But he'd got complacent and assumed that we wouldn't switch suppliers. It took me six months of painful searching to find another supplier who could replace him and get us great rates. This was not a major part of my duties and I had to put in way more hours than normal to find this dang supplier. But when I did find them, I waited for a month before informing my boss. See, my in-laws had been planning to do major renovation for a long time, and it involved tearing down a major portion of their house. I waited until the renovation work had truly started before informing my boss. We started to get supplies from the new supplier the next month itself. It crushed his business. It screwed his unit economics, and he had to scramble to find new customers. They ended up having to sell their house to save the business and they didn't even get a good rate for it because the house was, well, half torn down when they sold it. My in-laws did try and get money from my brother-in-law, but he told them to F off. My father-in-law is a decent businessman and he did crawl his way out of the hole they dug for themselves. But even eight years later, they still haven't bought a new house. 
I've heard they're still sour about what happened. I mean, I was just doing my job. And to be fair, if they had just kicked her out, they would still have had the house. I mean, look, guys, I'm not even going to bother going into how horrible these parents are because what's the point? I mean, it's just obvious. Like, how can you react like that to your 18-year-old daughter telling you something so personal? It's mental, but, um, you know, that happens. I'd say what is incredible, though, OP's reaction. I mean, like, how good is that? Again, utterly destroying people that fully deserve it is sensational stuff. It's honestly so important as well to stand by this person because imagine like the mental effects that something like this would have on you but look op was right there by her side the whole time doing the god's work what a legend another hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com on to our second story of revenge guys listen closely to this absolute car crash of a title when your ex tells you to move out while she's on a work trip because the guy she cheated on you with is moving in you get very creative moving out i did this to an ex who asked me to move out while she was on a work trip and told me she was coming back with her new boyfriend we were still together when she left i got these little noisemakers battery powered ones the size of a quarter that emit sounds at just the right volume that you aren't sure if you really heard it so quiet that two people could be sitting in an average sized room and while one can barely hear it the other wouldn't hear a thing they last ages and fit perfectly in light fixtures and in wall outlets i got a box of 20 of them for like 100 bucks on ebay and got so creative all over the house her car i even hid them in a boat her father got her rich family and she grew up sailing now these little things make a noise at completely random intervals could be minutes could be hours could take a whole day off They cycle noises like children laughing, a dying breath as they called it, a whistle, scratching noises, some other ones I can't remember, but you get the idea. It was so unpredictable, it was near impossible for someone to just figure it out. Months go by, I get a new place, get my life back up. Now, we had a few friends in common and one of them I kept up with. They were kind of sour about how she ended things, but they had grown up together and kept up the friendship, loosely talking and catching up on occasion. I never really asked about her, but one day we get to talking and he's wanting to prank some friends on a camping trip. So I tell him about those noisemakers. As I'm telling him about them, he slowly starts making this face, like he's gradually losing his mind. He's got this huge grin on his face and asks me, you put these in your ex's stuff didn't you and when i admit he starts laughing hysterically turns out her new boyfriend had only lasted a few months and had left telling her that he couldn't handle whatever was going on with them and their mental states turns out for a while they had both heard things and sometimes only one would hear them which gave the illusion that something really effed with them was going on in their heads at different times they couldn't figure it out and eventually he wanted out completely And having run down all the crazy list of stuff people who were hearing voices would think, ended it believing he had been infected with some brain worm the government was putting in vaccines or something like that. It was amazing. I hadn't expected to hear anything about it. I rode that train for weeks. 
When it went away, I got another hit out of that high. She moved out, told her parents she didn't want the house and to give it to her brother or sell it. Wouldn't tell them why. I always tell people who ask about her that I hold no grudge and I don't tell them the parts where I totally screwed with her so bad I overshot the got her backstage and hit the blissful state of satisfied with my work. My wife knows this story by heart because it's her favorite one to tell. Now, after reading this story, I'm gonna be honest, very tempted to have a little look on Amazon and try and buy some of these myself. They sound fantastic, not gonna lie. Okay, so apparently it's actually called an Annoyatron. So um, there you go, guys. You wanna annoy someone a lot? There it is. And now moving on to our final story of today's episode. This one is nothing short of unbelievable. Trust me, guys. I was fired for inadvertently stumbling on my boss's malfeasance. I used his obsession with golf and watches to get him fired. This was in the last throes of the analog mid-90s. Fax machines, FedEx, dial-up computing, and voicemail were the most common business tools. I was a young regional sales manager for a major branded consumer product. I covered the grocery class of trade in 11 western states my division worked out of chicago and i had a home office on the west coast i'd made my reputation by typically making my quota and keeping costs within budgets i would get reassigned to struggling markets and more often than not i'd usually make my sales number nothing too fancy i just figured where the best opportunities were and concentrated on them in those days we had something called market development funds mdf or as we called it making days fun in the time before such things were deemed illegal it was money we could literally use for almost anything you could imagine whining and dining sending buyers to the super bowl taking them on market research trips I once took six honchos for a weekend of fishing in Mexico. As long as you had the receipts and your boss knew, except in cases where they specifically asked not to know, we were free to spend money as we saw fit. This was old school madman style slush funds, all tax deductible. Typically, the MDF money was 2% of your total annual gross sales and was use it or lose it, meaning it had to be spent because it wouldn't roll over. I always had some leftover. As a team player, I would let my boss Sasquatch know so he could use it. No big deal. Towards the end of the year, my weekly FedEx pack from the company started including sign-offs for payments to a supplier I had never heard of before. What was weird is they were for a demo company that wasn't one of my regional suppliers. If you've ever been offered a sample or a coupon in a grocery store, that was a demo company. I called the broker, agent, in that market and learned that they had never used the company or even heard of them. I finally figured out that they were from my boss and that he'd thrown them in with my other sign-offs. I called him and asked if he knew what they were. He said that they should be assigned to my MDF and not to worry about them. Now that was a little unusual because demos would normally be taken out of other monies or came down from marketing. Whatever, I signed off on them. Hung out to dry. About three months later, I was called into HQ for a meeting where I was told I was being transferred to a market that I'd never worked before and that I would be required to relocate. At the time, my wife was pregnant. Read her pro-revenge story in my feed. Wow, both of you, Jesus. And we just started an extensive remodel on our newly purchased house. The company did have some relocation benefits, but it was just too hectic to pull up roots and move to the southeast. I declined the offer and was told that I could then look for another job within the company or receive a severance package. 
I wound up taking the severance. The truth comes to light. Several months later, one of my ex-co-workers told me that my region had been taken over by one of my ex-boss's past work associates, who he managed to get hired in my spot, and that the region was tanking. Badly. Nothing made sense. Why was I terminated and then replaced by someone who lived in another city and who couldn't do the job? I started to think, in my naivety, that I may have put a target on my back. After some research and digging, which was much harder before the internet, I learned that the demo company, billing the MDF, was based in my ex-boss's previous city and was just a PO box, a telephone, and a DBA registered by the new person in my job. I later found out it was his girlfriend, mistress, so pretty much he was just fraudulently paying his new lover. Unbelievable. I was livid. Like most people, I tend to plan revenge in my head, but never really go through with it. Most of the time, it's a coping mechanism, and not very useful in moving on past being wronged. But this was so egregious, so uncalled for, and so disruptive to my life that I felt I had to get even. My plan evolved to take this guy down, whatever the time it took. Whatever the cost in lives or money, I was going to get this mofo. I may have been able to rat him out to the company, but they might have dismissed my complaints as coming from a disgruntled ex-employee with an axe to grind. The hook. I decided that I was going to approach, not as a phony recruiter, not just a guy collecting resumes, but as a retained corporate headhunter. Someone paid to onboard people for big jobs. I'd spent a year early in my career working for a super exclusive headhunting firm and knew exactly what transpired in the process. My subterfuge required international telexes, phony letterhead, faked English accents, and overseas friends to do my bidding. My ex-boss was obsessed with expensive watches and golf. He played regularly and watched pro golf both on TV and live. He'd incessantly chatter on about both subjects. To bait him, I arranged for him to be approached for an executive position with a major Swiss watch company for a position tied to pro golf sponsorships and other swanky sports, including a shopping list of benefits and perks. The job would require hobnobbing with major sports organizers, flying around the world, first class of course, and basically spending money. It was a job he could only dream of. The setup. In the slow and methodical long con, I strung him along until the time was right to close with an offer. The only catch was that he had to report to Switzerland for final offer and onboarding. I deliberately scheduled it for the week of the old jobs division meetings and reporting. They were mandatory and impossible to miss without raising red flags. My ex-boss was worried that his absence would be impossible to cover, especially if he was out of the country. The headhunting firm said they could move the appointment up a few days so that he'd be able to attend his meeting, but that he'd need to purchase an unrestricted business class seat and make his own hotel reservations. Save your receipts and the watch company will reimburse you, he was told. So my ex-boss showed up to his swanky hotel suite, using his own credit card for the really expensive room and promptly received a note from the watch company that his appointment had to be rescheduled for the following Monday because of a major corporate crisis. My ex-boss called the phony recruiter in a panic about missing the corporate meetings back in the States. It was agreed that he would call in sick and that whatever happened with the old job, he was heading to much greener fairways, if you get the joke, anyway. 
Enjoy your weekend in Europe. By Monday, you'll be in your dream job, lad. The Sting. While my ex-boss was calling his jets in Europe, I nonchalantly called his boss, the president of the division, and casually asked for a reference on my ex-boss's work ethic and dates of employment. You'd be surprised how often this mistake happens. The president, to his credit, didn't tip his hand or act very surprised by the call, but like a good corporate wonk, he referred me to HR. I then let it slip that I knew he was in Europe, finalizing his new job, and that he'd already given the company notice. My bad. Bloody aftermath, and how the revenge overstepped its original mission. Eventually, I was able to put together the aftermath from old co-workers and other people in the trade, who didn't know that I was the revenge ninja. When Monday came and went, my ex-boss must have been apoplectic. This is to be assumed since we'd cut all communications to let him twist in the wind, because we received at least 20 calls to the exchange and multiple faxes. My ex-boss hung around the hotel for a day or two and then finally decided to leave for home. I assume at some point he may have contacted the watch company, but I never confirmed it. When he finally got home, he found his office had been packed up and left with his wife. An HR person met him off-site to give him his severance and retrieve the car and other company property. This is so good, by the way. I heard his wife actually left him sometime later and his mistress was fired for theft. Oh, wow. I figure he spent at least 10k on travel and hotel. Honestly, I wouldn't be too surprised if that was more. I mean, how expensive are business class flights from America to Europe and back, first of all? And second of all, you know, Switzerland's a lovely country. I'm pretty sure it's got some amazing hotels. If he's in a swanky little joint, geez, that's going to be a big old bill. Epilogue. I wish I could say I tipped my hand and told my ex-boss that I was the author of his demise, but it really served no purpose, and in theory may have exposed me to some retribution of my own. By my moral lodestar, I got even with a thief who was content to steal and take my livelihood. That was plenty. And finally, Sicilian Alzheimer's. Never forget an offense. Very humble that this blew up, Opie has said after the post has done really well, to be fair, I'm not surprised. I've been accused of having a cold heart on those who have slighted me. I'm not too proud to admit there were some revenge plans that backfired or were never implemented. I'm an argumentative SOB and comfortable enough in my own skin to take a few random jabs and some healthy skepticism from Redditors. I defend myself in the hope that someone will learn that there are indeed times when revenge is appropriate. I'll say that revenge isn't always pleasant and sometimes I think it feels a little sickening. These are the consequences of this type of action. As I age, I agree to a certain extent that living well is the best revenge, but only after someone pays for what they did. You know what, guys? I actually completely agree. Look, in an ideal world, you wouldn't go and seek out revenge because it's a pretty negative thing to do, right? And it's only ever going to have like a negative impact on someone else. But that's kind of the point, isn't it? You've been so wronged by this person, so unnecessarily, by the way. I mean, he is literally committing crimes, but now he's the one that gets to live a perfect life and you're just left in the gutter without a job. I mean, that's an absolute disgrace. So I completely get why you'd want to get revenge on this person. To me, it makes perfect sense. By the way, can we talk about how good that revenge actually was? Like, that's, that's up there for me. How elite is that? Think about this man, yeah? in his hotel room realizing like as it sets in oh my god what is happening here i've spent all this money to come here on business class flights i'm staying in one of the nicest hotels i can possibly afford because it's not my money at least he doesn't think it is and i'm being royally screwed imagine that moment where you know it finally clicks he's just going mental in that room surrounded by luxury by the way because he's paid for it but hey jesus 
incredible incredible really really good anyway guys that is gonna do it for this episode of r slash pro revenge really enjoyed these three stories as i said in the intro guys comment down below the funniest or top comment will now be in the future of my videos in the intro so yeah if you want to be involved and you want to see your face in a vid or your youtube icon or whatever or your name yeah comment down below and you might be in the next one with that all being said if you want more from this subreddit straight away check out this video if you're new here subscribe and i'll see you all tomorrow with a brand new video hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.